0: I'm amazed that Jesus. Thank you for the blood, Lord.
1: Where would we be without the blood, Lord? We thank you for that promise, Lord. We thank you for that reality. Lord, we know that we can have this assurance that our sins are forgiven and they are under the blood, Lord. We want to thank you for that. Lord, as we've gathered in tonight, we want to thank you for this time together. We're just going to spend a little time in Your Word, but we want to not only just make it something that caters to our intellect, but, Lord, we want to meet with You. We desire that You would minister to the inner man. Lord, not just to our emotional man, not just to our flesh land, Lord, but, Lord, that You'd minister to our souls, that You'd come and give us strength for the journey, Lord. May you speak the words of life to us. May your spirit be prevalent, Lord. May you scatter demons and influences from that demonic realm. Quicken us, Lord, by thy word, or by your spirit. Lord, as we open the pages of the Bible, we're asking now you'll take this service. And Lord, we recognize we are nothing. You are everything. It's your voice, Lord, that makes the difference. Lord, I may be the one speaking, but it's your voice. Would you come and minister to us now? We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 4. Romans, chapter 4. After our weekend services, which I so thoroughly enjoyed, and I trust you enjoyed, Brother Kendall, nice to see you still here. Did you stay over all this time? My, my, oh my. You are guilty of the sin of omission, of omitting telling us that you were here. (laughs) Brother Kendall is a minister up in Saskatchewan. Um, After the meetings and just some of these thoughts and were coming to me and so I thought, well, I'm going to just stay in that vein a little bit and take some thoughts as the Lord spoke to me. So Romans chapter 4, let's read from verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. And the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, and where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. God doesn't want you to be wondering. God doesn't want you to come here and try to learn and climb the ladder to 10 steps to heaven or something like that. God wants you to have an assurance in your heart that no matter what you face in your life, in your situation, that He is your God, that He is with you, He is keeping you, He will bring you to the place that He is ordained. And how does He do that? By faith. The answer in your heart, the faith that God has given you. So he says, now, not only to that which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Go over a couple of chapters to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, we will just pick up from verse 7. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. But Isaac was the one that God had in his mind. Isaac was the one that God foreordained. Now Abraham brought forth through the the channel another son. We can bring through our flesh many other things that are not of God. But God is determined to bring that which is in his mind through us, through our flesh, by faith. And he says in verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. Now this is talking about the seed word. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. And it was said to her, the elder shall serve the younger. And as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now I'm going to let you have your seats, but keep your finger open there. I want to read some more. Drop down to verse... 28. For he will finish the work and he will cut it short in righteousness. The Bible would tell us, except the time be cut short, no flesh would be saved. I believe there's times we've all come to, if you haven't, I have, where I feel like I can't do this by myself, Lord. I can't manifest the promise. Lord, and if you didn't promise it, what hope is there of me trying? But because you called me, you're the alpha, you're the omega, you're the one that started a good work. You also said you will finish the work. You've been with me through the journey. You've shown yourself that when I stumbled, you picked me up. You've shown yourself that you're bringing me to something. You've shown us, Lord, that you're walking with us. You're talking with us. You are bringing something come to pass that is greater than the works of man, that is the mind of God, that it will be made manifest in this last day. For he will finish the work. He will cut it short in righteousness. Because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now, as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left a seed, we would have been as Sodom and we would have been like unto Gomorrah. I will just tell you Except God had his eye on you, and except God put his word in you, a promise in you, a faith to respond, we can joke about tattoos and piercings and earrings. We can joke about the attitudes of the world towards same-sex marriage, transgender and all of that. But except God had left that, we would have been like that. We were not better than the rest of the world. It was God's righteousness in us that makes us different. It is not of ourselves. It is of God. And except He left a seed, we, you and I, would long be gone. Oh, something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me. It's not myself, but it's him that holds me. It's him that keeps me. It's him that's watching over us. It wasn't Abraham watching over Sarah. Abraham was ready to sell her out to Pharaoh. But it was God watching over the womb that was going to carry the seed that would bring forth the promised son. And it's God that watches over his word, but it's God that also watches over his womb, of which we are, of which we were promised in Genesis 3.16, that the seed of the woman, now the woman doesn't have a seed, but she's a carrier for the seed. So, let me finish the scripture. I'm having a tough time doing that. Except the Lord had left a seed. Lest we get a little too high and lift it up. Lest we start to look down on our nose at somebody. God will allow you to stumble and fall and look up to him and say, Lord, I'm nothing without you. Verse 30. What shall we say then? The Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. We'll stop the reading there, I'm going to ask you also to turn over to Galatians chapter 3. This will all come together in the direction I'm going here right away. Galatians chapter 3. This is now reading from verse 16. I could read more of this, but I just need to condense the thoughts a little bit. Now to Abra, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Drop also over to verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. As a subject for tonight, I want to speak on a seed not known yet foreordained. So it'll just take me a few minutes to get into this, but you'll see where I'm going shortly. Brother Tom, uh, when he spoke the messages, and this is kind of where some of this came from, he spoke the message on I got it, and so we are coming to something. We're coming not to a knowledge, we're not coming to an emotional state, but we're coming to a full understanding, not a partial, but a full understanding. And so it's, it's something that's unfolding, it's something that's happening over the course of time, and I, I want you to think a little bit like this. Now, as much as we love the atmosphere around the church, and we, I, I just don't want it to become common to us. But I, I wanted to say that when we come to church, it's always good to ask yourself, somebody will ask you, what, what was the service about? Well, his title was such and such. He used these scriptures, did these things, he spoke on this, he broke this down, he went through this, he went through that, et cetera, et cetera. Then you can ask the question, what did God speak to you? What did God make real to you? What was God doing? And you may not know what God is doing. And sometimes that's why the scripture says in the book of Revelations what the spirit is saying to the church. Not what the the minister is saying, but what the spirit is saying. So it's an individual, it's an individual unfolding, it's an individual mystery. I cannot tell you who you are. I cannot tell you I can only preach the word. Only God can make that real. You can come to the church. I can't tell you what your place is. I can't tell you what you're supposed to do. I might see that you've got gifts and talents and it might fit there. But until God makes it real to you. you say, Brother Ed, what's that all about? Sometimes others see the gift in you before you see it yourselves. Others can see characteristics that God wants to use for the kingdom, but we ourselves don't see it. So this is an unfolding. It's something that's happening. Then Brother Tom spoke on the seed of the woman is still prevailing. And and really it was the seed of the woman. Now I'm going to read this out of the church age book. It's a fairly lengthy quotation, but I'm not going to maybe read all of it. But Brother Branham would refer to the scripture we read, which is Romans 4.16. God gives a sure promise to all of Abraham's seed. And Paul puts himself and all other believers under that designation. He says, Abraham, who is the father of his all, and then he identifies In Galatians 3, the seed singular, which Jesus calls the seed children, the children of promise, those that have to do with election or the choosing of God. These are the royal seed of God, elect of God, predestinated, foreknown of God, were in the mind of God and in his thoughts. Now, you and I didn't know that. Jesus told his disciples, I was with you before the foundation of the world. And they're trying to remember. I don't remember that. Uh, what, What did we say? What did we do? What did we talk about? What did we do? But there was an aspect of it that was in you. I'm going to read something, just just jumping in a little bit, but Brother Branham would talk in the message, God Rich in Mercy. And he says it this way, many of you can fellowship with me on this thought. When you were a little boy or a little girl, you'd walk around and there'd be certain things in you that would just not bother other kids but it seemed like something in you cried out. You didn't know what that was. I, you know, Brother Branham had that himself. He says, take these visions away from me. But yet God had ordained them to be part of his calling and his placing. And so it was something that he didn't understand, he didn't know. Now, we didn't maybe see visions, but there was something in us that we maybe sensed we were different sense that we didn't fit the mold of what other people did, especially if you were raised in the message. Naturally speaking, you would say, why was I born in this family? Other kids get to do this. Other kids get to do this. And then after a while, you said, thank God I was born in this family. Not that it was passed on by your family, but God used that as a vehicle to bring you to himself. So he says, There was something in you that cried out. There was a God somewhere, yet you were a sinner. Do you remember that? What was that? That was that little form of life in you then. Now you didn't know it was in you. Brother Branham didn't know it was in him. Others didn't know. Moses didn't know that he was born to be the deliverer. But God knew. Abraham didn't know what was in him. But God knew. So Brother Adam goes on to say in the same quote, he says, that was that little form of life. After a while, you heard the gospel. Maybe you went to church. You picked out this and that and went from denomination to denomination. But one day, you being a part of God, you had to be a part of the Word. I remember this well. I was raised in a message home and, and, uh, and I knew certain things. I wasn't living it. You know, and, and I remember uh, through, it was through college and uh, there was a, a girl in the, in the class there and she claimed to be a Christian and and, and she talked about, you know, she, she had um, a denominational background. She talked about it and, 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 and you know, all the parents love God and, and, you know, and, and, and she had a, ha- a hair, hairdo. But every time she got her hair cut, it grieved me. Now, I wasn't living it. There was things I was doing that was probably grievous, but it bothered me, and I don't know why it bothered me. But it was something that was in me all along. So you might have the same thing. And so I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing is, God has been there all the time. God had something in you all the time. And we are coming to it in the journey. We are, we are moving in the journey, and it, it, maybe you know something's there. You've tapped into it, and even when you came and you were baptized, but you didn't know everything that was still ahead of you. You didn't know everything that was still going to be unfolding. Neither do we know, and it's a mystery that was sealed. So when the seals are opened, it's not the seals of a, of a book that we all gaze onto, but it's the seal of your life. And when the seals are tore back, you all of a sudden identify with Scriptures where other people didn't, because there was that form of life that was in you then. And so it was the seed in you. It wasn't you. God, listen, I, I got news for you. God didn't pick you because you were the most handsome. Neither did He pick you because you were the most beautiful. Neither did He pick you because you got a certain gift. He picked you because He had put something in you. It was His choice. And when you recognize God's choice, not only in your own life, but in other people's lives, oh, then you're coming to maturity. Then you're coming to faith. Faith is believing what God said. So now he says, you being a part of God had to be a part of the word. And when you heard the word, you knew where you come from. You knew that was truth. You were always. The seed was in you Always. And he makes this statement, the word seen the word that was in you. And that was before the foundation of the world. Saw the word and you come to it. Why did Jesus with his disciples and say, I must cross the sea? Because there was a seed on the other side. Now that seed was enshrouded in dynamic, dynamic spirits and crying. But the seed was crying out. And the Word saw the Word across the ocean. And the Word had to cross the ocean to come to that seed. You can identify with the same thing. I had to work at a certain place. I had to meet a certain man. I had to do a certain thing. It wasn't just coincidence. The Word saw the Word. And the Word came to the Word. And that's why you're here tonight. That's why you're responding tonight. You weren't convinced into it. You didn't, weren't talked into it. But it was a something inside. And the word said, I come, Abba Father. Amen. Now, just to back up and slow down for a moment. Brother Adam goes on to say, and this is in the Smyrna church age. It's just a wonderful passage of scripture. He says... I'm going to leave some of this because I'm coming to some of this on Sunday. I referenced this at the end of the service on Sunday night. We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed and therefore therefore, were reborn. For only the elect can be reborn. If you were lost, you had to be somewhere before you were lost. And you had to be found. That means you are brought back from where you were lost from. So you were separated. Because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In non-seed, there is nothing to quicken. Now he will go on and say this. Hold this carefully in your mind. Redeem means to buy back. He restores to the original owner. He brings back the spoken word seed bride. Now, the way he does this is, is, is amazing because the spoken word is the original seed. And so when you heard something, in other words, it wasn't, it wasn't, you've heard many things in your life, but when you heard his voice, the part of him, and maybe it wasn't just that you figured it out, but there was something about the voice. I, I I have listened to many brothers that have been many of them have been a blessing in the ministry, but I have found not one voice that is as that resonates and it is as a home to me as that of the prophet's voice. There there is I, I believe it was absolutely ordained. And I believe, and I've I've talked to people from all walks of life. I talked to Barry Coffey. Barry Coffey, he traveled, he was a hippie. He, from Newfoundland, raised in the Catholic church. Him and his brothers, they had long hair, pigtails. Can you imagine Barry Coffey in a pigtail? Don't tell him I said this. But anyway, he traveled the world. He traveled the world. He went into traveling the world like a hippie. Went to Afghanistan, to the Far East, to different places. He came back through Europe. He actually came back to Europe. If you're listening to Barry Coffey tell a story, it's amazing. But he comes to Europe. He's a Catholic. He comes to Rome, the, the birthplace of everything he'd been taught. And he's standing there one day, and and, and this is where they, they, they St. Peter's Square, and as he's standing. He happens to meet a guy coming out and says, the Pope's having an audience. Some people couldn't make it. Who wants to come? And Barry said, I'll come, and he went, and he had an audience with the Pope, and he sat there, and, 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 and not that he understood Italian, or whatever he's talk, whatever language he was talking in, but he said he was standing there with the Pope, and he said, he, he said it, was, it was incredible, like his emotions, his senses, everything. By the time he got back home, and somebody asked him, what did he say? I don't remember. I don't remember. It wasn't made real to him. You know, one thing about a revelation is God can only make real what is true. (laughs) God cannot give you a revelation of the Trinity because it's not true. (laughs) You can come to some perception or something in your mind, but God will never give you a revelation of the Trinity because it's not true. He'll only give you a revelation of Himself and what's true and the part that you are in Him. So, you know, Barry, Barry Coffey comes all the way back, and then he's, he's now moved away from home. He's, he's living in an apartment, and, and he's living in an apartment, and next door, he, he always hears this voice at night, this, this thing constantly, and it's intriguing him, and he doesn't know what it is, and he comes to find out somebody is playing a tape, and he says, and the first time he heard it, the words penetrated him. He says, "I couldn't understand it. It just penetrated." What did the Pope say? I have no idea. What did that tape say? I can tell you. <laughs> now that is a seed of God coming to life. There's a sister that we we know here. Some of you know, sister Elizabeth Jorgensen. She was a basically a hippie, a rank person, lived a dirty kind of filthy life. She she you know did whatever. And and one one day she she she'd read in the Bible somewhere something in the Bible about. Uh, when, when God shall send a prophet and then this and this and all this will be restored. So she'd read that. She said, well, there's no sense in me doing anything until God sends his prophet. And she went and lived her life. And then one day she's, she's at a meeting and I think it was, who was it, Roger Smith? It was kind of somebody was giving an in, intellectual talk. And at the end of the talk they were talking about something. And they said, and this, this Friday, Brother Ed Biscoe will give a talk on his dealings with the prophet. And it perked up, the prophet. And she went to that. Friday night, she went to that service. She left work on Friday in jeans, in in just unkempt hair, in her hippie ways. She heard this. She said, this is of God. And she came back to work on Monday wearing a dress, her hair neatly combed, and everybody thought, she has gone nuts. But it was a seed of God. And a seed of God responding. And she came to that, and she's walked in that way ever since. My, I'm getting off track, but it makes the the picture more clear, I trust. So he says, you always were sheep. My sheep hear my voice, they follow me. Now, he says, in the thoughts of God as we were in the thoughts of God and then expressed in the flesh, there had to come a day when we would hear His voice, the Word. And hearing that voice became aware of our Father calling us and recognized that we are the sons of God. And daughters are included here. We heard His voice and we cried out as the prodigal son Save me, O my Father, I'm returning to Thee. Now, God has a time in His garden for everything. There's some plants that bloom in the spring. Uh, Crocuses, tulips, they come out, they have their season. But there's other flowers that don't bloom till later in the year. And some people, bang, I caught it. And they begin walking with it. Other people come, and nothing, nothing. Because it's not God's season yet. So don't be discouraged. If your, your children haven't responded, just keep bringing them. And keep praying. Keep committing them to God. Allow God to make it real to them. So Brother Branham's next statement is, is one that I'm sure we can all identify with. He says, A son of God can go a long time before he recognizes that he is a son. It's a lot of little Christians. And then he tells the story of the baby eagle that was hatched out under a hen, and he talks about all of this, scratching for food and doing this, but when he heard the voice. So it's God's sovereignty that brings us to all of these things. Now, we're activated by the voice. I want to take this part. I, I took actually this out of... Who is this Melchizedek? And, and, and Brother Branham would, would refer to it. But he said, he use, uses this um, thing about the revelation now comes into view. And, and he's actually preaching in the message, Who is this Melchizedek? But I want to back up because I picked one up. And he says, Now when the supernatural comes into view... And this word is supernatural. It's not just intellect. It it's it's comes from God, and it says when Jesus came on the scene, the people flocked to hear him, because it's something in the realms beyond. We know that it's the supernatural. It pierces beyond the grave. Now people will look, and most time, if they're critical. And they don't open up their heart. They'll pass some opinion on it, like they did at him, and say, he's Beelzebub, he casts out devils. I, I hadn't come to it. And I remember coming home, and I would hear my mother playing those reel-to-reel tapes of William Branham's voice. And though I didn't want to sit and listen because it condemned me, but there was something in me I couldn't speak against it. I respected it. So he would say, now you talk about those that cast opinions, but some believe him. And those who believe will be saved. Those who believe will get healed. And if Jesus himself was standing here wearing my suit and my shoes, now this is amazing. If he was standing here wearing my suit and my shoes, he could not help you tonight. Why? It's revelation. You know, he's doing something, the form he's working in now. Now, let me, let me, I want to save some of this because I'm moving into some of this on Sunday. But the revelation is sovereign of God. I want to say the revelation is sovereign, but also the keeping of God is sovereign. The, the movement in our journey is sovereign. God doesn't just give you a revelation and then leave you to your will. He actually watches over you. He actually inspires different men or ministers. He brings people to your lives. He, he's, he's forming you. He's shaping you. He's bringing you to something. And you don't even know what it is sometimes. And I, and, but as you give yourself to it, more of it opens up to you. As Abraham, he was called to separate from his father. He was called to separate from Lot. But he, he didn't do that right away. But God kept working with him. And, and as Abraham walked in obedience, more of God opened up to him. So as we walk, so it's by faith, because there's a seed in us. Now, I... I Let let me read this from, who is this, Melchizedek. Think of it, before Jesus was born, 4,000 years before he came on earth, several thousand years before you came on earth, Jesus, in God's mind, died for the sins of the world and the book of life was made. And your name was put on that book of life before the foundation of the world. Now that is the gospel. There was a scripture, Brother John, or a scripture, a quotation that you used the other day, and it's out of also out of who is this Melchizedek? It's a scripture that Brother Don Bablitz made real to me, and it says, and it's out of the same message: Jesus died the death so he could clean, the, so he could get into the church to clean it for fellowship. Right. Like that's the gospel story. I, I, he died the death. Now he doesn't just leave it to us. Now he wants to clean you. Now he wants to purge you. Now he wants to bring you to the appointed place. He has a purpose for you. You don't know what it is. It's foreordained of you. Amen. Okay, I, I, I'm at a point where I need to jump ahead and say some things, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to just go and, and do this in, in that way. I want to read, well, let me, let me do it after this, and I'll read after this from the Scripture. Brother Branham says this, Now Moses, when he was called by God, he was a total, complete prophet. When God sends a man to do anything, he completely equips him with everything that he has need of. If God calls man to be a preacher, he puts something in him to preach with. If he calls him to be a teacher, he puts something in him to teach with. If he calls him to be a prophet, he puts something in him to see visions and to be a prophet. God completely equips a man. You say, oh, Brother Ed, that, that's good for all the preachers. What about me? No, God foreordained a bride. I, I love the scripture Brother Tom used. I think he just nailed it. And he used the one about the Caesarea who was a king in a heathen army and he was running and Deborah, a woman, the prophetess, prophesied to the man who was there, because you didn't believe, God's going to use a woman to get glory. And so what was it? It was, the the woman's name was Jael. She was in the tent. She sees the Caesarea coming to the tent And she sees him and says, come and lay down here. And I'll give you some milk to drink or something like this and have a sleep here. And she says, don't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. She didn't tell anybody. She just took a hammer and a nail and she nailed it. (laughs) Now, that sounds awfully gory. But that's the Bible. That's the same as the seed of the woman stepping on the head of the serpent. We were called to be overcomers. We were called to be serpent bruisers. We were called not to live defeated. We were called to better things, higher things. Now where was I before I interrupted myself? Okay, here in the quote. So that was a woman used. There was a little boy. a lunch was used sometime. We all have a purpose in God's kingdom. Now, just look at what God, look at this from God's perspective for a moment. This is out of the message Total Deliverance. So, God always completely equips his man. That's just what he did when he sent Moses into Egypt. Now, he raised him up in a certain way, he schooled him in a certain way, and he molded him and made him, and fashioned him. Now, we we look at it, he was raised in Pharaoh's court, he, he had to come to things. Well, part of the schooling was the backside of the desert. That was part of the schooling. Now, but look at how God is looking at this. If you go back to Genesis 15, God tells Abraham, who is the father of the faith, and he says, there's going to be a seed after you. And he says, your seed will sojourn in a strange land for 400 years. But after 400 years, I'll bring them out with a mighty hand. Now, God already had in his mind how he was going to do that. before 400 years before it ever happened. And you don't believe it. Listen how Brother Am says it. Hundreds of years before he would deliver his people, he had in his mind that he would make Moses just the way that Moses was made. Amen. Moses could no more help being Moses than you or I could help being what God has made us. Why am, I, why am I this way? Why do I have this nature? God made you that way. You are designed to fit the economy of God. You are designed for a purpose. There is something God has ordained for you. Now, you don't know it. Sometimes it's funny because we fight our flesh. We fight our nature. We fight when Satan perverts it and uses it for wrong. But God turns around and says, when I get in that nature, when I get in that flesh, I'm going to use it to have a victory over the devil. I'm going to use their nature. Well, I'm more of an introvert, Brother Ed. Uh, You know, I'm just not part of the, maybe your whole duty is to pray. Maybe it is just to study and read and pray, and you're a backbone and you don't even know it. And people come to you and depend on you. You don't even know why. You get prayer requests across your door. You don't know why people at your workplace tell you there's this situation. And you just go and pray about it. And it happens. You don't know where God will use you. I'm just going to. This is not to lift up Brother Ed or anything. The other night. It was a Saturday night. I was working. I was was actually. Because Brother Tom was preaching. I was trying to get some things done at work. It had been hot in the day, and I'd been doing other things, and we had a little youth picnic, and then I went back to work, and I'm just working a little bit, trying to figure something out. And, and I'm working there, and I remember the sun was going down, and it was just like something said to me, I'm out here. Why don't you go walk? And I thought, yeah, I, I think I'll just go walk. And I went for a walk, and I'm listening to a tape, and I'm, and I'm walking, and I, you know, I, I lingered here at this little pond for a bit, and now I'm walking along... And maybe where those chairs are, I'm walking along a sidewalk. This is an industrial area. Nobody around. And I see a guy sitting on a chair with his head cocked back. And he's sitting there with his head cocked back. And then as I'm walking and I could see behind the bush, there's another guy. This guy was a worker. And there's another guy. He's sitting there. And and all of a sudden, I I notice he's got a, a safety jacket. So he must have been another worker. But as I'm walking, all of a sudden, this guy with his head cocked back starts to tip over, and he's tipping over, tipping over, and, I, I, and I'm just looking like he's gone, he's gone, and and this other guy caught it at the last minute, and he ran over and caught him, and he propped him back up, and 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 he, he says, and now I'm almost right beside them, and and this guy's he's he's going this guy needs help, he's he's unconscious, and he he'd thrown up, he'd done something. Can you wait here and watch him? So I just went over here and watched him. He said, i got to go run in. And he ran into the building and it was me and this guy alone. So I just started praying. And I thought, Lord, I don't know why I'm here. This man is here. Lord, you are the God of creation. You're the God. It's not because of me. You know what this man needed. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered. I'm here, and I just started praying, and I, I don't know that he, I think he was breathing the whole time, but I could sense he was breathing, and, and whatever it was, and so then this other guy came out, and some other guys came out, but I had about two or three minutes there where it was me and him praying, and I committed him to God. I, I don't know what happened at the end. I stayed there for about 10 minutes, and they said thank you, and And they didn't know, but I mean, I just kept on going. If you actually look at Brother Branham's ministry, there's many things that he did that are not in the public record. They only came out for testimonies. There are many examples of of young people, of different people in the church. You were just led of God, and you went out and you fulfilled what God wanted you to do. We have a place and a purpose here. We don't always know what it is. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. There's something that's in us that we haven't fully come to yet. But I believe we're coming to it. And, and, and so, here Brother M says, hundreds of years before God ever delivered his people, he had in his mind who Moses was and what he, what he would be like. He made him a complete prophet. And then Brother Brown breaks into this next part, which we've read many times. If you're a Christian, God doesn't make you a halfway Christian. He makes complete Christians. God doesn't make halfway preachers, but the preacher can be halfway. God makes children Christians, but sometimes they're halfway Christians. It was not God's intention for them to be that way. It's their own ways got mixed up with the plan of God for their life. And that's what makes them the way they are. I remember years ago, I came across a song. And it's called, Wasted Years. Oh, I've thought of myself. And I thought, how much I've wasted. (laughs) Lord. I, I, I know you called me, but I want to respond to the call and to be everything you want me to be. Amen. Moses, God made him a complete prophet for a complete deliverance, and when Moses was completely surrendered into the hand of God, that's the reason it made him what he was. What he was. It wasn't Moses standing there at the Red Sea. It was God in Moses. When this bride comes, it won't be just the bride. Pick up your pen. They know it has to be God in them doing the works. Without him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I don't even know. I don't have the right inspiration for work. I don't even have the right inspiration for a service. I need Him more than I ever needed Him. I need a relationship with Him. I need Him to be what He wants me to be. Now, our time is slipping away. I had scriptures. We won't get to all of these. But let's turn to this scripture, First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. This is Paul speaking to Timothy, but he's speaking of his own calling. Verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the, blessed God, of, of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful Putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a, per- a persecutor, an injurious, and I did and I obtained mercy, and I did it because I I, I, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord Jesus of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Now back in verse twelve, he says, "I thank Christ Jesus, who hath enabled me." Brother Ed, how are we going to stand in Laodicea? How are we going to stand as we see the beast system moving into power? How are we going to stand as we see governments passing laws? How are we going to see as these, these pressures? Because God has enabled us. He's built us for the age that we live in. Now we don't know it's there. I was just talking with a brother the other day. And we were just talking about, you know, just the time of the COVID and the time of, you know, all of the we can't have church and this isn't quite right and that isn't quite right. And and he says, I found myself just praying and and business and I'm and how am I going to make the next payroll and how am I, you know? And he's just going on and on and then and he says, and after a while I stopped doing that, and I started thanking him, and I'm saying, Lord, you put me here, you said I, You know that I was in this world, but I was not of this world. You're the one that told me I would be here in this most wicked age. You gave me eyes to see. You allowed me to see things. Therefore, O Lord, I stand here for you. And he says it just changed his prayer life and his outlook on things. And from that moment, he said he didn't focus so much on what was going on around him, but rather on what God promised to him, his family, his business, everything, and all of his affairs. So Paul's telling Timothy, and Paul, who was the learned, who was the scholarly, who was this, but he says, God has enabled me. He's allowed me to do certain things. You know, Brother Branham would talk to Brother Neville, and he'd go, Brother, Brother Neville goes through many things. God has allowed me to see. He doesn't share a lot of things. He goes through a lot of things. You know, and Brother Neville, he just doesn't want to, you know, hurt some people and do things, and sometimes just is a certain way. And he says, and, and, and he doesn't just hit hard. He says, but he says, God built me different. <laughs> it so happens I can do that. <laughs> you know you can take some statements the prophet said and I'll tell you what you can't just repeat them because some things only the prophet can say right. you know I, I wouldn't advise you to go out and witness to someone and tell a woman who is not living the way I would not advise you to call her dog meat because I would say you're not going to get very far with that right. now the prophet did it but he did it in a context context and sometimes we don't have the spirit to, to, to do these things. But God help us to live within our means and with who we are. Now, where am I before I interrupted me myself here? So, He hath enabled me. Go back to uh, uh, Gal- uh, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's just read it from the beginning because I, there, there's a part I want to get to, but I, I think this just bears, this is really the story of our lives, if we can say this. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein the times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Yeah, there was a time I went to church and they had a singing Christmas tree. Others can say, yeah, I went to church and they had pyrotechnics. And yeah, I went to church and they had, they they told nice little parables and stories and dismissed us after 20 minutes. Okay, somebody would have reacted more to that, but you say, how many can say, thank God I'm not at that kind of a church? Thank God I'm also at a church that won't go three hours tonight. Yes, it's true. You won't do that. Now, he says, Paul's telling us all these things, but then he says in verse 4, but God, now, I love that. But God. (laughs) Not because I was hungry and I was thirsting and it was always in me. No, it was God that put it in you. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Oh, I love that. Now this is not just a one-time quickening. It's not enough of a quickening to get you out of a bar room. It's not to get you out of a denominational system. It's not even enough to get you into a message church with your name on the church registry. But it's a higher quickening. And it's still happening. And God's still doing it. He says in verse 6, And hath raised us up together. And made us, made us, we didn't, we didn't make ourselves. made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What is heavenly places? Your position. The part that you are to play. The part in the orchestra, in the symphony. When you're called on, I need somebody to pray. Brother Dale, can you pray? Yes, I'll pray. I need somebody to sing. No, I didn't stop it myself. (laughs) Ha ha. I had some of you guessing. I need somebody to sing a special. Up there goes sister so and so. And the church, the people start weeping in the church. Because I want to make myself known. That's the God who's working amongst his body. It's not, it's not, it's, I I might have a part to play that might be different than yours. But he is the real conductor. He is the chief, the chief shepherd who moves over us and and works among us. I need somebody with a harmonica. Who can I get? Oh, back there, Brother McIntyre. You haven't played your harmonica for a while. <laughs> I need somebody. Who's doing all of this? God's doing it. In, in Christ the Mystery, this, uh, Brother Andrew, God bless you for suggesting this to the young people, but I was just listening to it, and, and I've heard this so often, and I've, I've often said the threefold purpose is, number one, to express himself in Christ, the great eternal spirit, to express himself in Christ. Number two, To gain the preeminence in a church. And I thought, that's what he's doing right now. Number three, to restore us back to where we are in the Garden of Eden. So I've always put that off in some future place. But Brother Branham in that message, he says, Now you have fellowship like Adam and Eve did. Oh, that's our place. Nobody has it like the bride. The bride can talk to him. She can intercede. She can change the course of events like Esther. Why? She's a part of the revelation. That's the part we're playing. Who is is Christ the mystery? It's not just in Christ of 2,000 years ago, but it's Christ in bride form. It's Christ in your brother and in your sister. Now, I was in Ephesians and my Bible turned on me. I'll go back to it. Hath raised us in verse 6. Verse 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The ages to come. For by grace are you saved through faith. There will not be Whoever is going to be there, if it's Peter at the pearly gates or whoever it is, they will not stand there with a clipboard and say, what's your understanding of the Godhead? What's your understanding of serpent seed? Did you pay your tithes? Did you do all of these things? Okay, you checked 9 out of 10, that gets you in. That is not how it's going to be. You will know before you ever go that I am one of His. You will know it on this earth. The marriage happens on this earth. In fact, in your flesh you may have done things that were contrary. That somebody looked at and they said, how can that guy be such and such? But not knowing that you went and repented that night. That there's a blood covering under you. In your flesh you can know that God that has called me has put me on this earth. And there's no power. There's no demon. There's no nothing that can stop me from getting there. Brother Max. You may just want to preach a service like this. You can't stop this. Have you pre- oh, you did preach that. Right, right, right. I knew that. You can't stop this. It's God that has ordained it. Now, verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should work. Verse 10 is the one I wanted to get to. We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, I had no idea when I was saved, and I, I could hardly, I'd come out of the world, I could hardly find myself in a church because I wasn't worthy, much less to be at the front of a church. I had no idea. But what did I do? I just followed what he opened up to me. I gave myself to it. Now along the journey, there's some real critical points that happened if I look back on it. There was a real struggle there. There was a snare. And I say, oh God, I'm glad I went that way. And there was a time even Brother Branham, he himself. Now just think about how this message came through a prophet. Here he comes. He's at a place. He's lost his wife. He's lost his daughter. There's the tempter at his door. And, he, and he's saying, and, and he says, and you say he's a good God. And he says, yeah. And then I started to listen to him. Now the message was hanging on the balance right there. And then Brother Branham goes to say, but right about that time, not in his head, not in anywhere else, something inside, about the size of a button, rose up in me and I found myself saying, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. It's not us, it's the seed in us. He had to give himself to it. Now, so often we try to conform. I'm just skipping my notes and just saying, conform. The deacons are after me if I don't do this. The the brothers call me. They're checking up on me. My parents are checking and doing this, and we conform. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be transformed. now, Preacher. to conform, Brother Branham, he thought in his own mind, "I have to conform." You know, you just think about all the places in his life, and I'll just picking one two. Here he preached the seals, the most supernatural meetings he'd ever had, and he's thinking, "This was God on display," and people just go on, denominations, churches. Yeah. And, and he's going, this is what it was all about. And he got so discouraged, so downtrodden, he lost the feeling of the people. So in his mind, he thought, I'll just be like the prophets of old. I'll just go out there. I'll be in the wilderness, and my wife will be with me. And then when God calls me with a message, I'll just come out. I'll stomp out like Elijah did. I'll speak the message, and I'll go back. And he's, he's about to conform to an image in his mind. But the seed that was in him was not to be like the prophets of old. Was not to be like the first Elijah or the second Elijah or John the Baptist. This was a higher order. Neither are we called just to be islands to ourselves. We have a place in the body that we need to fulfill. We've been ordained to it. God has called us. Now... God doesn't force anybody. He doesn't pick you up by the scruff of the neck. So we're not being conformers, but we have to come to the realization in in ourselves. Brother Branham had to come to it. So what does God do with Brother Branham? He sends them on a road trip with Billy Paul. They go through the highway that's just south of Alberta. They go by the mountain range, and he looks at a mountain range. He sees all of these things, and he says, your name is written in that mountain range what yeah before the foundation of the world and then he he he's, he's a little further on the journey and something speaking to him in the car carry out your plans oh he, he actually had come to a place where across the road there was this old dump and he saw this dump and there was then they'd gone into this restaurant and this restaurant was a man who was just like him and 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 it was like it was like his father-in-law or something I don't know the whole story but all of this was happening for Brother Branham so God could show him, carry out your plans and you'll be just like that man. That's right. and, you'll, and, and the smell of that dump was brought back to, and, and God was speaking to him as he was driving down the road, carry out. God didn't force him, but he had to come to it. God never forced Abraham to do anything, but he allows us to be tested and tried and to experience hardship. So what we say, okay, I'm tired of running. I just want to surrender to you. I just want to surrender not just my life, I've surrendered that already, but my plans, my my family, my job, my everything. I just want to give it to you. I want to let it be in your hands. I don't want to be my own man. I don't want to be what I am. But I want to let this be a seed not yet known, but foreordained. I need you in a certain place. I need you for a certain thing. You're going to fulfill a purpose in my economy. What's God doing? Day by day, service by service, He's speaking to us. Some of these young men might be song leaders, might be deacons. God forbid. <laughs> no, I just say it. Sorry, forgive me. I, I, we, we would look at him and say, how could that ever happen? It's what they give themselves to. Brother John, what did you give yourself to? Brother Max, at a prayer meeting in Ireland, you gave yourself to something and it led you you might not know it. Brother Max was at, a, at where he ministered Nile. He was 17 months before he ministered. Was that what it was? 17? He came here, he sat here 17 months and then he ministered. It didn't happen all at once. But look at the blessing that God is using these brothers. Now, right in here, there may be some other brothers that have got something. Maybe it's not the same gift, but it's there. Maybe there's some sisters that are here. Maybe there's, there's, there's other parts of us that might go out and minister the message or do different things or, or be a witness in a job or a different place. But God has ordained us to good works. Don't you want to fulfill what God has? That's how the musicians come. Yeah, there, there's other parts of this that we'll leave till we get to Sunday. How many love the Lord? How many are glad that he's still working on me? That he's still doing something in my life? I didn't come here on a Wednesday night just to fill in time. But Lord, you spoke to me. You said something to me, and I'm here, Lord, to follow what you lead. Where he leads me, I will follow. Let's stand together.
0: Where) he- with I Give can hear, hear
1: my savior calling
0: I can hear my savior